Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want you to put your hands together right now and welcome with me our bishop, Bishop Steve Perry, as he comes to minister the word this morning. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. You may have a seat. God bless you. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. No, I'm, I'm back on, I'm on the wagon. I mean, I'm not on the wagon, but that didn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was trying to say there. Uh, but uh, now I'm back with the Raider Nation. I left them for a while. But see, here, here's the thing, Pastor Dan. They never, I never left them. They left me. And, uh, and they're leaving me. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I mean, and I get ribbed by a lot of people. But listen, I've been a Raider fan for 50 plus years. So don't. If you're going to come to me with any Raider Nation stuff, you better come strong, because I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the Raider Nation. And, uh, yeah, amen. Some of y'all don't even know who Fred Boletnikoff is. Give me a break. Come on. Who? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I was kind of teasing some of the guys, because they were, like, riding me with this, with the Raider Nation. Because when they announced they're leaving Las Vegas, I'm like, all right, Dad, I'm done. All right. And so, all right, maybe I'll watch them. But then they let go of Greg Papa. I'm like... And I'm like, all right, that's it, I'm done, you know. And so, so they're, 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 they're going to Las Vegas and, uh, you know. And then they come back and they're like, well, can we at least play another year at Oakland? And it would be like this. It would be like, you know, my wife Kelly would, you know, leave me, right? <laughs> all right, you're gone, all right. But then she comes back, all's forgiven. I said, right, come on home, hon, I take you back. And then she says, I'm going to leave you again. And, but then she says, but my new man, his house isn't ready, so can I stay another year? <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, Kelly's not here, so I, you know. <laughs> but uh, so as long as they're in Northern Cal, I'll still root for him. I'm a Northern California, California boy. Who knows what happens after that, so amen. But... Uh, I'm glad to be here with you, with your pastors. I love Pastor Dan and Angie there. How many love them? Amen. And I keep backing up here because I don't want to shower her. So, <laughs> so I keep backing up here. But uh, I love them so much. They're my family. And uh, uh, we've been together for a long time, 30-plus years now in ministry. But even before that, we, we were kids together growing up in church. Uh, my cousin's here, my cousin Gib, uh, he and I, and... Uh, Pastor Dan, we actually grew up in a church not too far from here, down in East San Jose, and um, uh, it was it was fun. Church was fun. It was it was experience, and uh, uh, so I'm I'm excited to to be here with you. I'm glad my cousin's here, and, and I have also with me Pastor Henry and Crystal. Can you guys stand, PQ and Crystal? My cousin Gib, the tall one's my cousin Gib. <laughs> And that's Pastor Henry next to him and his wife, Crystal. They go to my church in Manteca. The crazy thing is, they came to my church one day. I met him for the first time. And he says, yeah, I work for, I work for the city of Santa Clara. So I said, it's my cousin. And uh, he's like, yeah, what's his name? And I said, Gilbert Burnell. And he's like, that's my boy. I'm like, it was crazy how we connected. But uh, I'm excited for uh, uh, Crystal, Pastor, Crystal, Pastor Henry and Crystal. They're, they're going to be going and opening a church, a CWC church 
in Olivehurst. In fact, next month, we're going to have our grand opening there. And, uh, yeah. This church was birthed on Easter Sunday. Remember that? Mm, not ready yet. <laughs> this church, this church, this church here was birthed on Easter on Easter Sunday, and uh, so we're going to birth that church in Olivehurst. Olivehurst is about 20 miles north of Sacramento, and so they're going to be going there to open that church up on Easter Sunday next month. And so we're excited about that. And uh, so, um, Amen. Keep that in prayer. Amen. Uh, Praise God. Well, I'm excited to, to be with you because I believe God has a word for, for you, for us, for our ministry, for our church, our church family. Um, I, I believe that God is a God of miracles. How many believe that? And he wants to do something brand new and fresh in your life. Um, Father, in your precious name, I just thank you for your goodness. And I pray, God, that you would bless this time we have together. I pray, God, you bless our hearts that we might receive and our ears that we might receive, Father God. We just give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Uh, last year, when I was kind of you know, looking at ministry and kind of evaluating things, I actually really felt like if um, it was tough. Like, it was, the season was tough. Not just the year, but the season was a little tough. And I began to really study a little bit, trying to hear God in in regards to the seasons. And I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be someone who knew what season it was. And and in doing so, I would even also, I would ask people, well, tell me, how do you feel the season's going? And, And I would often hear people say, it's a difficult season. It's a plowing season. And plowing is a very difficult thing to do. Plowing requires, uh, well, in the plowing in the Bible days, it required that someone would be behind an ox. So the ox was usually pooping and smelling and dumping along the way, but it was sweaty and it was stinky, and they had to be behind the plow, and they had to keep their hands in the plow, and they had to plow the land, and they would stop and remove boulders and remove uh, things that shouldn't be there, and they would have to get them out. But it was a plowing, it was a difficult season. And for some people, that's kind of how you would label the season you've been in or maybe you're even in, a plowing season. It's just difficult. It's like everything we do, it just seems difficult. But there's some things that you got to know about plowing. A plowman plows because he keeps his eyes on a prize. The plowman plows because he knows he has a harvest. So that's a prophetic word for somebody here today. If you've been in a plowing season, guess what comes next? Harvest season. Harvest comes next because you've been plowing, because you've been plowing the dirt. Maybe it speaks of the way your marriage has been. Well, guess what? God is going to bless your marriage. Maybe it speaks of the way your family has been or your finances, and you've been plowing and plowing and plowing, and you've even wondered, when am I going to catch a break? Well, listen to me. I have a prophetic word for you that your new wine season is not coming, but it's already begun, and you need to declare that. You need to declare that. Plowing the ground breaks up fallow ground. It breaks up hard hearts, hard characters, hard spirits. But the farmer keeps his eyes on the prize. The plowman keeps his eyes on the prize. Um, I'm thinking maybe it was 20, I don't know how long ago it was, Pastor Dan, but we've been together for 30 plus, right? And there was a time when <clears throat> our church in Manteca was probably about 
maybe a hundred plus, I don't know, around there. And we, he and I were uh, at a conference in Sacramento. And we had a moment in the car where the Lord spoke to us. And he gave us a word. And that word was out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. And basically says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Behold, I'm doing, in other words, see, I'm doing a new thing. And, you know, when we got that word, it kind of revived us and it kind of gave us hope and spoke of, you know, uh, it helped us, helped us to speak of what God was going to do. But personally, Pastor Dan, I always felt like, okay, that's going to be an event or that's going to be a time where everything's going to change. But now that I look back, I think God was speaking to us, our families, our family, not about an event, but about our season, about CWC, about our family. And I thank God that we still get the ability to bring a new thing message to you, a brand new message to you. And to this day, on this day, I speak a new wine season to you. New wine in the New Testament speaks of joy. It speaks of prosperity. It speaks of newness. In fact, Jesus, the very first miracle he did was turning water into wine. It started the whole season of miracles. In fact, it was like he was at this wedding. He had not started his miracle season yet. In fact, he was just a boy that grew up to be a man. And now, you know, he has not, wasn't ready to start doing miracles. And they're at this wedding and there was no wine. It was tradition to have wine at this wedding. At the weddings in the Hebrew days, Jewish days. So Mary, right, mama, she knows he's God. How, she, because she had a baby without having sex with the man. So all of a sudden, one day, the angel speaks to her. And because of her faith, she's got in her womb a baby. How incredible is that? So she knew who he was. Now, now, he grew up, you know, around uh, Joseph, the carpenter, and, she, and he grew up around Mar mom, Mary. So they're at this wedding. He's not exercising his authority yet, soon, but not yet. And she says, hey, uh, Jesus, son, mijo, right? There's no wine here at the wedding. He's like, yeah, what do you want me to do? You're, you're God, do something. Mom, I'm not ready yet. So, no, 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 shh, 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 come on, you got this. Mom. I mean, right, Jesus has a time calendar with the Father as to when he's going to release his deity and release his signs and wonders and miracles. But she's at this wedding. Mom, Mary's mom, what mom says, hey, boy, did I just speak, did I just say to you to do something? Mom. I could just see Jesus, hey, mom, chill. I mean, come on. I'm not ready yet. Shh, shh, be quiet. You're ready. Just... And she tells the disciples, go get these baskets. And whatever he says to do, you do it. And sure enough, they got all these baskets or these barrels. And they had water in them. And Jesus turned them to wine. And he blessed the entire wedding party. It was an amazing day. And that was the first miracle of Jesus. And it started a whole season of miracles. Whole season of miracles. And we like to see that as the new wine season, and it represents the season of the Holy Spirit. It represents the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. It represents joy. Now, I, I don't know. You know, we, back home, I'm on this message, and, and we have wine barrels on, the, on our platform, right? 
I have a, a, a man in my church. He's one of my interns, actually. He's graduating pretty soon. His name is, is Alex. He works at a winery. He's been there for about 30 years at Delicado, one of the biggest wineries in Northern California. So he brings these wine barrels to church. I mean, I'm not talking about, these aren't fake props. These are real wine barrels that had fermenting wine in them for a long time. They're empty, and they had little spouts in them, little holes. Anyway, they set these barrels up, and they're on the platform. They have one by the pulpit here. And so, you know, I'm preaching. I'm going at it. I'm preaching, right? I'm going for it. And I'm thinking, somebody's been drinking in this place. I'm not kidding. And I'm, th- and I'm preaching away, and I got this aroma. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody, who's? In my day growing up, when we were kids, we called them winos. There's a wino in this house. And I'm like, who's drunk here? My goodness, they've been drinking. And I'm looking, and I'm preaching, right? I'm preaching, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, Mike, who's drunk? What the heck, man? That's strong, strong wine. something here somewhere. And the whole time it's that barrel. I mean, it's just coming into my nose. And I'm telling you, I, I, I could be wrong, and, and I don't know that you can't even do this, but I could have swore I caught a buzz that morning. I mean, uh, I ain't lying. I don't know. I, they were telling me I was preaching happy that day. I mean, uh, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the wino preacher, I'll tell you what, the next Sunday I'm like, <sighs> right? I mean, I don't know. So that word starts a new thing, a new wine season. That's the word I want to lay on you today. That God wants to do a new thing. He wants to start a new wine season for you. A season of miracles. He wants to do a season of joy. He wants to do a season of prosperity. You see, it's been difficult in your marriage. It's been very difficult in your marriage. And your marriage has been in a plowing season. Or maybe it's been in your relationship with your children. And your son or your daughter. It's been so difficult to parent them. They're living their own way. And it's like always plowing. It's so difficult. But this prophetic word is for you if you pull it down. A new wine joy season is coming upon you. A new wine overflow season is coming upon you. God is about to do something in your marriage. God is about to do something in your son. God is about to do something in your finances. God's about to do something in your own spirit. An overflow new wine season is coming upon you. In this word, in Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. In the Hebrew, it's interesting what it means in Hebrews. In Hebrew, it means to don't set up memorials to your failures, to your injustices, to their disappointments. You know what a memorial is? You've ever been down the freeway or down a road, and all of a sudden you see a little cross there, flowers, Right? There's candles there. there. And it tells you, oh my goodness, somebody died there at that place. Right? That's what we They're common. We see them are now along the freeways or wherever. Whoever died there, that, that person, their family set up a memorial. And what we do in our own lives, when we fail or we mess up, or somebody hurts us, or somebody divorces us, or someone damages us, we set up memorials. 
We set up memorials. And whenever we start getting a little bit good, a little bit happy, and whenever we want to start believing for better, all of a sudden, that memorial pops up. That memorial of what your husband did to you pops up. That memorial of what your wife did to you pops up. But it's not God that's bringing that memorial up. It's not God that's doing that. It's the enemy that's resurfacing that. And he's bringing that back to memory. Because if he can get you to remember your failures, you're not going to be able to move forward in what he has for you today. If he, the enemy can get you to remember what was done to you, if he can get you to remember what you did to yourself or what you did to your spouse, that, listen, you're setting up memorials and they're going to cause you to fail. That's why Jesus said, let them go. That's why this word says, don't remember those things anymore. Let those things go. By the way, wives, you got to forgive your husband. you got to find it in your place to destroy those memorials. If you're ever going to have a fighting chance at being happy, if you're ever going to have a fighting chance at seeing God touch your marriage, you got to let go of those memorials. If you're ever going to see your son come to God. You got to stop reminding him of how he has failed. You got to start speaking life over him. You got to start speaking life over your daughter. Behold, I do a new thing. Don't remember those failures. Let them go. Let them go. Let go of your failures. Break up that fallow ground means letting go of those failures. And I think that's so important. That's so important that you do that. Sow sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up that unplowed ground. If you have memorials that you've set up, you've got to begin to plow them. If you have memorials set up in your heart, failures, you've got to begin to plow them. You have losses that have piled up, you've got to begin to plow them. You've got to get them out. And listen, you have to do the work. This is Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. You have to do the work. You see, plowing's not easy, but you got to keep your hands to the plow. Some people give up too quickly. Some people give up on their marriage too quickly. Some people give up on their kids too quickly. Some people give up on their finances too quickly. You give up on your peace of mind too quickly. But you got to set your hands to the plow, and you got to do the work. We tend to think, well, God's going to do it all. God's going to do it all. All I I just got to receive. No, God's not a lottery ticket. You don't just, you know, sit back and let them, you know, you win millions. You want to prosper? You got to learn to give. You want to prosper in the kingdom? You got to learn to give. You see, in the book of, uh, of Joshua, well, in the book of Deuteronomy, he told the Israelites, when you get to the Jordan, cross over and take your promise. In, there, in that land, there's going to be giants. In that land, there's going to be parasites. In that land, there's going to be Hittites. And all these seven uh, strongholds of tribes that were going to be there. But God said, don't worry. I've cut them at the root. He said, I've cut them at the root. All you got to do is clear them out. God could have said, Hey, all those inhabitants of the land on the promised land, I'm going to wipe them all out. Just come and enjoy. 
He didn't do that, though. He said, I've uprooted them. Now you go do the work and get them out. You go do the work and get them out. In other words, you got to set your hands in the plow, and you got to plow in this thing called marriage. If you're going to have a healthy marriage, you got to stop just waiting for things to change, and you got to humble yourself and learn to say, I'm sorry, and learn to say, forgive me, and learn to say, you're forgiven. That's plowing. That's setting your hands to the plow and plowing. Plowing is hard work. Now, I, I, you know, because of how we live, we, most of us probably would say we've never been behind a plow. But has anyone ever been behind a rototiller? Do you know what that is? It's like this big lawnmower that's got big blades that digs up the ground. I knew what that was as a, at a young age. You see, I grew up here in San Jose. I grew up right off of Julian Street, went to San Jose High School. The neighborhood I grew up in was a little 1,300-square-foot home. Uh, that myself, my four brothers, my mom and dad, my grandma lived there. We all lived together in this house. And it had a little patch of grass, maybe right here. This, it was just well, actually two little patches of grass. But dad had to have this massive lawnmower. Dad had to have this lawnmower with a clutch, you know, and it's like for little patches of grass. And every three or four years, dad would dig up the lawn. Just needed something to do, I, I guess. But, he, you know, anything my dad was doing, I wanted to be with him and do it with him. And so, you know, one day he's plowing or rototilling the front lawn. I'm like, Dad, I want to try. No, 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 get away. Come on, get away. You know, that's, that's the way Dad was. No, come on, Dad, I want to try. It looked like the coolest thing in the world. So he said, all right, go ahead. And I put my hands on this rototiller, and I let it go. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing's shaking like crazy. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want He said, no, you keep your hands to it. That's kind of where we dads were back then. You want to do it, boy? Well, then you better do it right. What? You want to do this, and you better do it. No, don't tell me you can't do it. Dads are a little different then than they are today, I think. Anyway, oh, I'm not going to go there, but... Uh, <clears throat> Do the work. Put the work in. Stay the course. Those are all good words. Don't quit that job unless you got a better one lined up. Do the work. Stay the course. Those are important words. Stay the course. It's too easy to quit. It's too easy to give up. Don't quit on your husband. Don't quit on your wife. Don't quit on your son. Don't quit on your church. This church is an amazing place to be. Don't you quit on your church. You, this church is amazing because you attend this church. This church is amazing because of your pastors. This church is amazing because together we are a family. Stay the course. I tell my church all the time, there's always better churches around. But I also tell them, yeah, and there's always better members around too. I'm just telling the truth. Mm -hmm. But you know why we work? Because y'all are dysfunctional. But you also have a dysfunctional pastor. And together we're one big dysfunctional family. Ain't nobody perfect in this place. Nobody walks on water in this place. I haven't met anybody yet that way. We're all just trying to Believe and hope 
and make it work and we stay the course in this house. You see, we might be dysfunctional, but we know one who isn't dysfunctional. We know one who can walk on water. We know one who can turn the water into wine. We know one who can do the impossible. And when we come together, we encourage each other to believe in that one who can turn the water into wine. He can still change everything around for you. He can still change everything around in your marriage. He can still turn everything around in your finances. Don't lose hope and don't let go of the plow. Stay the course. Come on, tell that person next to you, stay the course. Your payday is about to come. The plowman, the farmer, the plowman plows because he knows he has a harvest coming. And I speak that over you today. You have a harvest coming your way. You have a new harvest season coming your way. You have a new wine season coming your way. And you got to believe that. Come on, say that. It's my time. It's my harvest. My new wine season is here. I'm about to get happy. Come on, somebody. I'm about to get happy, right? It's my new wine season. The Word of God says, don't say you got four months till the harvest. Harvest is here. And then he says, see, the fields are white. I love that. I love anything that talks about vision. Your pastor ignited me. We had a talk last year, and I didn't even realize it. He says, you know, 2020 is around the corner. I'm like, yep. He says, you know, 2020 is about vision. I'm like, whoa. Man, that totally rocked me. And that's all I can think about now. That's all I can see now is 2020. 2020 is eyesight. I have, I've been sharing this word for a while now that says, if you're ever going to see blessing, you got to first see blessing. Come on, somebody. If you're ever going to see a miracle of God, you got to first see a miracle of God. you got to first see it before you see it. Come on, somebody. you got to see it before you see it. Because when you can see it, if you keep speaking that negative and those memorials, oh, God's never going to do this. My husband's never going to do that. Listen to me. You're not doing anybody any good by slamming your son, by slamming your marriage, by slamming your employer. Maybe it's time to start believing that God's about to do something brand new and something amazing in my family. you got to see it if you're ever going to see it. If you're ever going to tangibly see it, if you're ever going to hold it, if you're ever going to see that blessing, you got to first see that blessing. That's why he said, open your eyes. The harvest is ripe. Open your eyes. The harvest is ready. Open your eyes. God is doing something brand new. God is doing something brand new. And if you're able to pull that word in, humble yourself and say, oh, God, let it happen to me. God, let it happen to my family. God, let it happen for my son, my daughter, my grandchildren. I pull that word down for me. And I know even as I'm preaching it, I'm speaking it to me as well. I'm pulling that down for me. I'm pulling it down for my wife and my children, my grandchildren. I'm pulling it down for my church. I'm pulling it down for you. I hope you pull it down for yourself right now. I hope you declare your new wine season is here. When you have and you declare that new wine season, you know what? Th- things change. The enemy is going to try to 
discourage you, and he's going to try to bring up those memorials, but that's why you've knocked them down, because they're not going to control your life anymore. I speak that over somebody here right now, that your life has been full of losses, injustices, and all they can remember is the way you've been hurt. And listen, no one's trying to minimize what you've been through. No one's trying to minimize that. It's what you've been through. We get that. I get that. I've been through some stuff too. I think about our family, Pastor Dan and Ange, our family. And we look back at our years and we say, wow, we've suffered some tough losses. Losses that we would, well, we didn't think we were going to make it. That's just the truth. Losses that felt like a crushing. Have you ever felt that way? But it's like everything about you is being squeezed and being broken. And everything about your life, it's like it feels almost like it's being destroyed. In the new wine season, when you begin to see what God's doing. Now listen, I don't believe for one second that God causes tragedy or problems in your life. But I do know this, and we can testify to that. Now as we look back, we can testify. Listen. God has been good to us. God has been good to us. And I look back at things in my life, the times that he's broken me, the times when life has broken me, I see that God has also turned things around for me when those things happen, when those seasons have come. You see, in the, in, the, in the New Testament, there was a time when Jesus had to be anointed with oil and get ready for burial. And there was a beautiful alabaster box that Mary had there. And she had that. Was it Mary or Martha? One of the two. She, anyway, it was one of the gals. It was one of the gals who had an alabaster box there. And it was just sitting on the shelf. And it was just pretty to look at. And it had this amazing, expensive perfume in it. But it wasn't serving its purpose. It was purpose wasn't just to see beauty in it. Its purpose was to serve this fragrance and this anointing of Jesus' feet. So she takes the alabaster box and she crushes it. And she pours the anointing all over his feet and it let out this amazing fragrance. And that's really like some of you here right now. You've been through a crushing in your life. But God's about to make something beautiful out of that. He's about to make a beautiful fragrance come, come from you, from your life. Something beautiful is about to happen. Something beautiful is about to uh, take place in your life. I believe that. You see, it was King David that said in Psalms 51, a broken and a contrite spirit, you'll never turn away, God. Never turn away. So if you've been through that breaking season, if you're in that season now where it feels like everything about your life is being crushed, get ready because something amazing is about to happen. Is that anybody in this place right now? Can anybody pull that word down right now and say, I'm going to take that for me. I'm going to take that for me. That's my word. Something amazing is about to happen. God's about to make it all good. God's about to make it all beautiful. Something beautiful, something amazing. I just speak that word over you, and it's about, I believe it's about the time you're in right now. Not coming, but now. That's why you got to destroy those memorials. That's why you got to clean that house out and get ready for blessing. you got to get ready for new. you got to get ready for that new thing, that new wine season. Blessing, prosperity, joy, 
These are words that you're going to begin to speak. These are words you're going to begin to speak out of your mouth. These are words you're going to begin to speak over your marriage, over your children. You know what, son? I, my auntie, my cousin Gibbs here, my auntie would never let us leave the house without her speaking a blessing over us. My precious little Aunt Frances. I would never understood that, but as we left the house, before she would let us go, she would speak a, spe- a special blessing in Spanish. The Lord keep you and bless you wherever you go. She blessed us every time. That was so amazing. And by the way, our lives are blessed because of that. Because of her words. I want to challenge a wife here. Maybe your husband isn't living the way he should. And maybe he's not the husband you hoped. But I want to encourage you to start blessing him. I want to encourage you to speak words over him. Over your children. Over your children. Over your finances. Over your physical health. Your ministry. Start speaking that life over that new. Start speaking that new wine season over your family. And get ready because God's about to do it. God's about to turn your crushing into something beautiful. Let it be unto me, God. That's how you got to pray right now. Let it be unto me. Let it be unto me, God. Let it be unto me. That's how you got to pray right now. That's how you got to see it right now. Let it be unto me. That's how you got to pray. Oh, God, here I am. Do what you got to do. I know you're about to do something amazing in my life. So here I am. You know something? When you put your hand, yourself in the hands of a loving God, it, it might break. You might have a time of breaking. But he begins to put you back so beautifully. He doesn't destroy or crush to, to, to leave a scar. The world does that. People do that. People hurt and crush to leave scars. That's not God. God doesn't do that. God might crush you for a moment so he can build you back up again as something amazing and something beautiful. Would you stand to your feet this morning, church? Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.